welcome to Walk With Me. In the next several podcasts, we will be celebrating the 500th anniversary of the Reformation by talking about Luther's doctrine of vocation. Luther said, Vocations are masks of God. On the surface, we see an ordinary human face, our mother, the doctor, the teacher, the waitress, our pastor. But beneath the appearances, God is ministering to us through them. God is hidden in human vocations. The other side of the coin is that God is hidden in us. When we live out our callings as spouses, parents, children, employers, employees, citizens, and the rest, God is working through us. Even when we do not realize it, when we fulfill our callings, we too are masks of God. Today on our podcast, we're still talking about the doctrine of vocation, and so we have Corey Patton with us. And so, Corey, tell us a little bit about yourself, your life, what you do, and what you're going to talk about today. Yes, so I am a wife and a mother of three kids. My kids are Addie is nine, Charlie is seven, and Jack is four and a half. Okay. And I'm also a pediatrician, and I work part-time at McFarland Clinic. Um, as a pediatrician outpatient and I take call in mm. the hospital. Okay. So I wanted to explore all sorts of things that women do. And so you're not only a doctor, but you're a mother. Mm-hmm. And so how did you decide to become a pediatrician? When did that start? So uh, my story is not like a lot of people in my field. Okay. Um, it didn't start with vision from when I was young. Um, and that's that's just been my pattern in life. I I never, you know, like so you weren't like doctoring all your dolls and things. No, okay. right? <laughs> okay. Yes. Um, so I went to college because that's what it seemed like I should do after high school. Okay. And I liked math and science, so I took, like, I'm a nerd. I took math and science classes, and studied nutrition because okay. that seemed practical. And yeah. I thought maybe there's a way. God can use me to um, help malnourished kids in the developing world. So that was my vision with that um, background. But I also knew in the back of my mind that it fulfilled pre-med requirements in case I should ever decide I wanted to do that. Okay. So college was coming to an end, and I wasn't married. Um, So decided to go on with the. So I decided, well, what's the next step? And so where did you go to undergrad? Iowa State. Iowa State, me too. Go Cyclones. Yeah, yay Iowa State. And so you decided, okay, well, this, I guess, is my next step. Yep. And so where did you go to? So I went to Iowa. Iowa, yeah. For medical school, and um, that was a hard stretch of time in my life. Um, and I got towards the end of that. I did do some time um, in Africa. Oh, you as did? In med- before medical school and during medical school. Okay. Was that as part of your schooling? Or just an extra? Though in college, I mean, in between undergrad and medical school, it was just extra. It okay. It was just fun. And that was in Ghana. And then during medical school, I got credit for being there for oh, two months. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And how long were you there the first time? Five weeks. Five weeks. Wow. So that was your exposure to kind of your first kind of dream, you know, maybe helping malnourished kids. Did you get to do any of that sort of thing? Yes, sort of. The, you know, the interesting thing about going on a missions trip is you think you're going to go to help, but actually Uh, it helps work for them and help for you. Yes. Yeah. So, but I did 
get to spend time on malnutrition wards in the hospital in Ghana. Uh-huh. Um, and also some feeding projects out in the smaller communities in Ghana where they were working oh. on actually more of an agriculture project, um, increasing the protein content of the corn. Right. Um, so that was So did you work, actually work with the children or did you work with yes. children? Yes. Mm-hmm. Or did you work on the other side as well? Like the, the agricultural side? Both. Oh, both. Mm-hmm. Wow. What a great variety. Yeah, it was a great trip. So, you know, we talked about you being a doctor and a mom. So is it really hard to balance that? You say you work part-time. I do. I have Tuesdays and Thursdays off. Okay. Um, when you say part-time, sometimes people think maybe like 20 hours or something. Yeah. It's actually still a lot of hours, but uh-huh. I do have Tuesdays and Thursdays yeah. home. Do you have weekends that you work? Yes. Oh, uh, that's hard. It's it's just normal. It's your normal cadence. Mm-hmm. So how do you fit that now that your children are getting older, they have some activities and things. Is that hard to fit all of that together? I I have a great husband who's a great partner, and um, we just constantly have to reevaluate huh. our trajectory. But um, I'm not afraid to ask for help. Yeah. And um, I think it feels like it's a good balance. Huh. I would say I always kind of hold my schedule open um, and... I spend a lot of time in prayer about if, if I'm doing things the way yeah. I should be doing them. Right. Sometimes I feel guilty. Right. I think we all do. Yep. Um, and in the end, I uh, get back to a place of contentment and huh. joy in the circumstances. So you're constantly kind of reevaluating. Yes. Yeah. I think you have to do that. Seasons, you know, mm-hmm. life is in seasons. And as you get, like, all of the kids go to school, things will be different again, mm-hmm. you know? And so, so what would, like, uh, let's say a morning schedule, like you're going to work, how does that work with trying to get kids up to school, but you have to get to work? I know this is a lot of women's story. How do you handle the whole hectic morning thing? Um, the hectic morning thing actually was the theme of 2016 for me. Oh, I, wow. That was the year I decided I wanted to conquer the morning. Oh, yeah. And? and I gave myself the whole year, which I should have given myself a shorter deadline because oh, I, I don't I'm know. a procrastinator. Oh, okay. So you waited. Yes. Okay. Maybe it was 2015. Anyway. <laughs> Maybe um, it was 2015 into 2016. Um, I, if I have too much to do and too little time to do it, I take it out on my children. Oh. And I, and I don't like that. Because you feel rushed? Yes. Okay. When I feel rushed, I get more stressed. So how did you conquer? more short. I got up really early. Oh. I get up really early. Usually 5.30, so I have time to either go for a walk with a friend or um, study my Bible. That's when I usually do my Bible study. And, and so then how I, do you walk when it's dark? Do you still? Oh, yeah. I just go on a lit. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and... So I like to have my um, some time with the Lord and be showered and dressed before my kids are up. And then getting, you can be relaxed. Yes, then I can be relaxed huh. and focused, and the, the morning can be more fun with them and huh. not stressed. Stressful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, those are good. Yeah. Getting up early is the key. Even if you're not a morning person, making yourself for those years be a morning person, which is what I had to do. Yeah. It just adds so much calmness yes. to the pace of your life. Yeah. Well, I mean, when I was uh, didn't have all the responsibilities I have now, I would roll out of bed and go out the door. Yeah. I didn't have a need for a long morning routine. Right. The, there's just more responsibility now, and right. it takes more time. And the reality is, if I 
want to get it done the right. way I want to get it done. I just have to get up, so I go to bed early. And yeah, and there's always going to be with kids. Like, someone's not going to be able to find a shoe. Yes. Or they'll get in the car, and you'll realize they got to the destination and had no shoes on. Or spill the jar of fat that you store <laughs> under the kitchen <laughs> counter all over the kitchen floor as you're trying to walk oh, out the door. That makes it very slippery. Oh, it's stinky. Yeah, that is very stinky. Wow, yeah, things like that happen. And so if you don't put some buffer room in there, you are always going to not enjoy your mornings yes. or your life in yes. general. So kids need buffer room and they need you need to have time for your interruption. So yes. that's excellent. But I have decided I like taking my kids to school. Hmm. So I So you drop them off. I drop them off. I schedule I my schedule at work is set so that I have time to do that. Okay. So speaking of work, describe a typical day at work. Is it stressful or is it something you really enjoy? When I'm at work it's not stressful. What's stressful is life in general. So okay. all the things I want to do at home, right. Um, getting it all. But what, once I get to work, it's not stressful. It's, I mean, it's relational. You uh -huh. room relational. to room, you get to, um, interact with people. Right. Um, I do feel some stress that I wish my relationships with my coworkers were more intentional. I had a little uh, bit more time and I, there's not really time to time naturally for that. Yeah. Actually this called to lead series has made me, um, think about my sphere of influence at work and really want to be more intentional with huh. some of my coworkers. Do you but. have like time for a lunch? You could do lunch or you don't have that really? Sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> Often no. So maybe you'll have to Often grab no those lunch. times when you have five yeah. minutes here, five yes. minutes there. And, and just, I do. Just ask them about their lives. Mm -hmm. So huh? that's really good. So typical day works not stressful. What's like if you're home on a Tuesday or Thursday, what's a typical day? You have Jack home. Yes. Usually. What's mm -hmm. a typical day for you? Do you try to get a lot of stuff done? Or I so look like? I would call Tuesdays are the day that I um, do well I do laundry every day I'm at home but I consider Tuesday laundry day I consider it grocery shopping day meal planning day okay um, and oh and I water plants on Tuesdays oh good for you you have a schedule for watering your plants <laughs> I do otherwise yeah. they get neglected yeah um, so I try to do a lot of things around the house I also usually meet with somebody on Tuesdays okay um, and. Uh, it's usually more of a play date for me, and then I get to bring Jack along. Oh, but sometimes fun. it's more yeah. intentionally a play yeah. date for him, and I get to come yeah. along. Yeah. Oh, those are good. So you don't, do you feel like you can relax on your days off, or are they kind of, you have them scheduled? Um, it's not scheduled like I have to be here at a certain time. They're just the things, things you I do. like to get done. It's just okay. a cadence to my life. So And kind of, yeah, you have some domestic chores somebody needs to do. Which I enjoy. Yeah, I, me I too. Like if I don't have... Time for domesticity, I get a little rattled. I can't quite function well. I need to have time at home. Yes. So. And then we have a rest time in the afternoon where um, Jack's getting old enough. He doesn't always nap anymore, but mm -hmm. he goes to his room for an hour. Yeah. And if I haven't had early morning time in the Word, I do that then. Um, I also started playing the piano again. Oh, which, you did? Yeah. I just took it a little bit of piano. Are you taking lessons? Was, I'm not. Yet. Okay. I'm, I don't know if I will, but so how I, long I bought did a you beginner take a, hymn book. Oh, very good. And just plunking away at it. How long did you take as a child? Like, how much just did you have? A, uh, just a couple of years. Okay. Um, so I can read music, and I'm just slow at yeah. it. But it's a, it is, I have found it to be relaxing. Yeah. I would like to start doing that again. Yeah. It's you need fun. to start working on some Christmas carols. I am. Oh, good for and you. And I have been working on a mighty fortress as our God in honor of the oh. 500th anniversary. Oh, yes, of the Reformation. Of Reformation. 
that's kind of why we're doing this doctrine of vocation thing because of the 500th uh, anniversary of the Reformation okay. and Luther's the one that uh-huh. uh, brought about the Reformation and talked about the doctrine of vocation. So, um, so you spoke once in a meeting that I was in with you about guilt that you had um, because you're a working mom. You know what I mean? And and sometimes maybe you'll talk to a stay-at-home mom and feel guilty. So yes. tell me about that. Well. Um, I think it's, I think we all just feel insecure about our own choices in life. I think you're right. Um, I think it's probably just boils down to that. Mm-hmm. So, and we think the grass is greener on the other side or, yeah. So when I have spent a lot of time with very domestic friends of mine, mm-hmm. I just covet. I mm-hmm. mean, it's sin, you know? Huh. Um, the truth is then when I examine that, I, I really am content and I can see that um, God is using me in my current right. circumstances, which is great. Um, but sometimes it can look more glamorous to right. stay home. And, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's true on the other side. I think people who stay home think it would right. be nice to get out. Right, and so, talk to the adults. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah, I think you're right. We do look at other uh people doing things that we're not doing and think it's better than what we're doing and we let satan feed us lies about oh actually you're not being the best mom because you're working or actually you're not being the best mom because you are not very productive in your home you know not doing professional things and so we need to make sure to put on the armor of god and not let those lies infiltrate our heads because they're not who we are in christ that's right yeah um, so when we are ourselves anchored in the word, it's easier to get back to that place of contentment. Right. Um, but as a body of believers, we can be conscious to give grace to each other too. Yeah, right. And celebrate what women are doing rather than criticize or compare. Yep. Let's celebrate each other. Yep. I think that's so important. Okay, so what has God taught you through your vocation? So you're a pediatrician and that's what you're doing right now and a mother. So what first has God taught you through your vocation in the medical world? Good question. Um, I think it's a little more more in my face with my kids. Um, In the medical world, I see a lot of fear. um, And um, I think God has given me a platform where I can speak into that to people because they come to me with their children. Right. They're scared. Um, And they're they're often scared um, about either something that's happening or that they don't want to happen. Right. and, um, you know, medicine doesn't have the answers uh-huh. that we don't get to control things right. the way we think that we can control things. Um, but they want you to, but they things. want you to. Yeah. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. so that's just interesting. I don't know how much that comes through day to day with people. It's just something I ponder, huh. I think because of the, the glimpse I get into people's lives with right. my vocation. So you'd say like, understand the sovereignty of God, yes. abates fear. Yes. Huh. Yeah. And so if we understand that we don't really control things, maybe mm-hmm. we're not as fearful about things happening. Right. Yeah. But if we are fearful, then we know who to go to. Right. We cast that on him. And we don't just run to the doctor only. Right. Yeah. So I think a lot of people, I mean, me included, when my children were young and they were sick, oh, man, I wanted to run to the doctor immediately because mm-hmm. the doctor seemed like the savior. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do you feel like that? No. But do you feel like people think of that? Of you? I, no, I don't. That's good. Yeah. Because I do know that a lot of people think, oh, if we just get to the doctor, we just get in the hospital, then our child will be fine. You yeah. know, so they do kind of look at them with this whole 
um, God complex almost. Mm -hmm. So you're very humble. So that will help your whole practice, I think. Um, so you have found a way to be involved at work and still be vitally connected here at church, you know, um, and to women. Um, you said you meet with women. How do you do that? How do you not be selfish with your time? You know, we all are, we all are given um, gifts and time and talent to steward. So I have as many hours in the day as everybody else. Hmm. Um, and um, it's, it's important to me and it's life-giving to me to be in the Word. So I make time to be in the Word. Hmm. And it's important to me and it's life-giving to me and it's um, God's uh, way for me to be involved in other people's lives too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, so I do that. It doesn't... I mean, I think I, I don't have a lot of time to be on my phone. Mm -hmm. um, I'm technolog technologically a complete idiot. <laughs> you um, always say that, but I really I am. can't believe that's true. I really am. Um, huh. And that's okay with me. That's Those are areas that I've just had to give up. I just, I don't know where I would put them. Hmm. Um, certainly there are things I could do with, other things I could do with my time. I could exercise. That would be a good thing to do with my time. And I tend to not get around to that well, as much as I want walk, to. Walk, you said? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's a way I have found to mm -hmm. do, meet a couple of things I'd like right. to do. Yeah. Exercise and spend time with friends. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but I do try to be purposeful. I do think I try to be uh, mindful and intentional about how I spend my time. Hmm. And I don't take that for granted. I, I, I realize that we live in a reactionary, fast-paced world sometimes. And maybe some people need to learn to do that hmm. um but be a good steward of their time yeah and to be intentional to step back step back and think and choose not to do certain things maybe right mm -hmm. yeah they're i mean my kids are still young they're not in a lot of activities yeah um and i don't say that as a pat on my back it's kind of just the way it works because right. i don't even think about looking at what activities they could be in let alone right. make a choice about if they right. should or should right. not be um, but we always uh, we always have to write our trajectory is the way I like to say it. I mean, if your marriage is struggling, you need to step back, spend a little time thinking about why that is, and mm -hmm. make some adjustments. Mm -hmm. If you're frustrated with your kids every morning, you need to step Talk back and say, yeah. what do we need to do to make this yeah. different? Yeah. If you're not spending time with the Lord, uh -huh. let that kind of rub against your soul a little bit and think about how to fit it in. Right. If that's what truly is important to you, ultimately the way you spend your time will show that. Huh. Yeah. yeah. If God's not first, then everything else is a little bit fuzzy. Mm -hmm. Everything else gets out of focus. So I think if we put God on his correct place on the throne, then things more fall into place because we're thinking accurately about who he is. Mm-hmm. So those are good, good words. Like you choose, be intentional, choose, you know, the things you're going to do. Don't do everything. Mm -hmm. Don't do everything, you know. Um, so you help teach a precepts class at our church. And so um, I know that's really important to you and it's really life-giving. And what's the most transforming thing since starting precept? Maybe there's several things that you have learned in the last few years. You know, you'd like, that was just, wow, eye-opening. Mm-hmm. That's, it is hard to boil down unless I answer it more broadly. Okay. Um, so I, I love precepts. I um, have been involved a little bit in the teaching of it, and uh -huh. I'm always willing to teach it. Um, but my love for it is not 
to teach it is to do it. Mm. It's to because it's the first tool that I've used to be in the word consistently that has just gripped me the way it has. It keeps me consistent. It keeps oh. me faithful. It's your plan. It's my plan. Mm-hmm. It is. Yes. Yeah. Um, and that's true. I mean, I, there would be periods of time where I would intentionally not be in a more organized study for this reason or that reason. Uh-huh. And I would, like, with all my heart, believe I was going to do something on my own. And happen. I just fall flat huh. on my face over and over. And precepts is a tool that gets me studying the word, and it's it's so fun. Huh. And then meeting with other women to discuss it just cements it in your mind. Why so, is it fun? It's because you're meeting with God who created you and huh. who knows you. Are you making discoveries that you didn't see before, just reading it? Yeah, so um, we've spent a lot of time in the Old Testament recently, which okay. I have just loved getting to know the God who made us and has yeah. this redemptive plan. Yeah. I've, you know, I've known the gospel. We never step away from our need to be parked at the foot of the cross. We, I mean, our, our sin is, you know, new every day. Right, And right. his mercies are, are also new, new every day. Every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really, when I became a believer, I felt like, well, I don't even need to know the Old Testament ah. because we're past that. Yeah. So I would say I really did not have a balanced um, view of the word. Um, and precepts has got me studying in the Old Testament, uh-huh. and it's been exciting to see who you, this faithful God is. Do you now see it as more one seamless story from the oh, Old Testament than the New? Yes. Rather than chopped in half? Mm-hmm. Huh. And it's, it stirs my love for God, huh. which fuels my pursuit of Him. Right. And my... So relate to me one story from the Old Testament that is really... Under made you understand the God's character. Uh, man, one. We so we've been studying the kings and the prophets. Okay. Um, I guess this spring we did Hosea. Okay. Um, and it's um, a prophet of God's who is married to a prostitute, and it's this picture to Israel of how faithful God is. Hmm. Um, and as we are prone to wander um, and turn to other idols and get discontent and turn away from God day after day, moment after moment even. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful picture of how mm-hmm. faithful he is. Right. Huh. Yeah. And there's a lot of um, analogies we can make from Hosea to Christ coming to redeem a very messy people, you know, right. that didn't acknowledge his name. And so, yeah, I love that. I love that you're starting to pull the you know, the themes from the Old Testament and see how Jesus is shown there, you know, and see it as one seamless story because it is. So. Yeah, of God redeeming his people. Right. Mm-hmm. And pursuing his people. Yes. Yeah, and his people rejecting him a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. I love it how you're, yeah, you're pulling all those truths out and then you're teaching them to others. That's just being a witness, you know. So would you like to pray for women out there, especially those working moms, because you can feel for them. Um, who are wondering if they can actually build the kingdom of God through their job and through their just their vocation right now at home, at work, wherever. I will. I have a verse. Okay. Um, I was thinking this morning about this um, interview we were going to have today. Mm-hmm. And I was remembering um, when I was trying to make decisions about my future. And again, I really did kind of stumble one each step of the way to mm-hmm. becoming a pediatrician. Um But I remember a point when I was talking to a mentor of mine in college, 
about what I should do with my life. Right. It felt like this big question, mm-hmm. and um, it became clear to me that what God, God doesn't say necessarily be a pediatrician. Huh. He says, follow me and um, abide in me. Um, so this verse is Psalm 32, and it says, verse 8, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go, and I will counsel you with my eye upon you. Be not like a horse or a mule without understanding, which must be curbed with a bit or bridle, or it will not stay near you. And I remember learning, be not like a horse or a mule. So a horse is running off ahead on their own. Right. And a mule is sitting down, not going anywhere. Huh? You're right. And we should be not like the horse or the mule, but walking with the Lord, and he will instruct us and teach us. Uh, And that was... That was freeing for me. Yeah. Um, even that big decisions about what I'm going to do with my life. Right. Actually, what I'm going to do with my life is walk with the Lord. Abide in the Lord. Yeah. I love that. So I will pray. Okay. God, thank you for your faithfulness. And um, thank you that you do abide with us. And you instruct us and you teach us. And God, thank you that we can seek you and find you. Um, and... Um, I just pray for the women of our church that we would be women um, who seek you and the, who are um, grateful for to you for the ways that you have um, gifted us and where you've placed us. I pray we would seek you for contentment and joy. And I pray for the women uh, who work outside their home that um, we would be uh, good leaders as we look at our spheres of influence and um, use just the place where you have uh, put us to be um, salt and light in the world. Thank you so much, amen. That's excellent, yes. We can be salt and light wherever God puts us. And so we need to be um, intentional and we need to be aware of who's around us. So thanks for coming and interviewing and telling people about your world. Very good. Thanks for walking along with us today. I'd love to get to know you better, so let's walk again sometime, shall we?